You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Not I have you seen the videos released by Hornets Twitter because I got to tell you, I'm getting pretty excited about the season after watching LaMelo Ball's passes. What about you? I am stoked, man. Like, I'm I'm legitimately stoked. I am <laughs> excited. I, I, I want to be excited. They make me want to believe in this team, even though I know this is probably going to end poorly. But at the same time, I am excited. I'm stoked. And I'm stoked for more than just the Hornets. I got a, now I have an official home office now. I don't have to be putting everything everywhere and basically doing bootleg recordings all the time. So this is kind of awesome right now. So I'm excited for a lot. It just happens to be I'm excited for the Hornets more right now. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a bad drug that we're addicted to, that we know it's just going to end up hurting us and our life is going to spiral out of control, yet you still feel really good once you take that content in. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network is Locked On Hornets. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets at Walker Mail and at Nada the Scribe. Have more comments to get to. James Borrego talking to media quite a bit over the last couple of weeks. We'll get to his most recent comments. Cody Zeller had some things to say as well. Also, just like we promised last week, we will get to this today. We're going to talk about the first half of the schedule that was released for the Charlotte Hornets. Nada sniffing 2-0 and at the beginning of the season. It might get a little bit harder. We'll talk a little bit more about the schedule in the first half of the year as it was released. But um, plenty to get to here today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Nada, let's lead off with some of James Borrego's comments. A lot has been made about the center position. P.J. Washington going to be playing the five a ton. James Borrego did, however, mention an answer to the question I think we all kind of had heading into the year. Would Cody Zeller start at center, or is this P.J. Washington thing real enough that he indeed was going to be the starter? Uh, James Borrego mentioned that he, uh, Cody Zeller, will likely be the Hornets starting center this year. And uh, he said that PJ is going to get a lot of time there, but that Cody's going to be the starter. We'll see about closing lineups. You know, it's all about who closes. That's most important more than anything, but that Cody would likely be the starting center. Um, and uh, that being really one of the bigger storylines from all of the media availability sessions that we've had so far this offseason. I'm kind of surprised that we're getting Cody Zeller this early, uh, like Cody Zeller starting this early. I'm kind of surprised they're not taking this year. Like everyone takes a gap year. You go and experiment, you go do this, you go do that. It's 72 games. doesn't really matter all that much. So I'm surprised that we're really just going with the traditional lineup. We're going the traditional route with Cody there. And it's surprising, but at the same time, the more I think about it, more I talk about it with you as we speak, it makes more sense because you have a guy that's a 17 million, uh, I'm sorry, that's a $13 million expiring. And at some point, you're going to need to shop him for some sort of offers if you actually do not want him on the team. So it makes a lot of sense that they're going to start him for now. But I'm surprised we're not getting into gap year Hornets, which they're, again, considering the youth of this team, this truly is a gap year. Well, and and with me, you know, last year, James Borrego finagled Cody Zeller's minutes and rotation quite a bit. You know, at the beginning of the season, he was a reliable player. Cody's actually playing really well. 
And then Cody's not getting nearly as much minutes. And then eventually he would get thrown in again. And I think James Brego was just trying to experiment with a lot of different things. You go into last season, not having Kimball Walker anymore. You know what your team is. You know, this is going to be a team that's young. That's going to be basically trying to compete every single night. And if you compete every night, then that is a win. I, even if you're not in the business of moral victories, we were last year. I mean, if you were to evaluate last season based on purely wins and losses, then you missed a lot of the good stuff that happened. So maybe that came the way of Borrego deciding, Hey, Cody, I know what you are. You're a good center in this league. You're certainly at the league average of being a center. I'm going to try biz in certain spots, you know, do some other things here and there. And, uh, you know, we'll see if that actually had any bearing on why Cody's minutes were so finagled here. If Borrego who said it again today, that their expectations have to be much higher this season. If he is truly wanting to put out a winning product because they go out and get Gordon Hayward, because you get a third overall pick and you have guys that you're hoping can take a step up this season, Cody Zeller is certainly among your better players on the roster and you have to play him even if you want to go with a different closing lineup, putting PJ Washington at the five. I think a lot of this with PJ being a five, uh, playing a lot of five is the fact that Biz Biombo isn't going to get a ton of playing time. And quite frankly, that's how it should be. It should be, you know, if, if you're saying yeah. that Cody and PJ are going to be those fives and, and play your best players and, and Biz Mac, he's just not going to be one of those players on this team. And so that's what I wonder Basically, does Cody Mill or Cody Mill? I don't even want to say that. Cody Zeller does his minutes change this season to a more consistent role because now you certainly have some goals that you want to reach and win as many games as possible rather than just experimenting like you were last year. I wonder if Cody gets a little bit more consistent minutes than he did last season. I, I don't know. That's a tough one for me because I again I understand both sides of it. I really do. Because there's a part of me that thinks that, okay, you go with your best defensive five. Cliff has taught us that if nothing else during his tenure, you, tenure, you start with your best defensive five. But at the same time, like this is one of those years where, like I said, you want to see improvement. We've seen that this team, we've seen Mitch say this over the, over the last little bit. We've also said, seen Borrego say this as well, like, this is not necessarily like wins and losses doesn't necessarily show improvement. Improvement shows improvement. So I don't know if wins and losses matters this early. I think, like I said, I believe this is a gap year, despite the fact that Brago is treating this more tra traditionally than I ever would have thought he would have. So when we have these conversations, I, I think it's Cody. I think they're doing this for trade purposes. And if they're closer, if they're really competitive, if they're in the top 10, they, they hover around the top 10, then I could see them sticking with it. But I wouldn't be surprised if, let's say, I don't know, when we get to that first half break, that they go, okay, we're still in 10th, but we really need to get these kids as much experience as they possibly can without necessarily compromising wins and losses. And I could see Cody getting moved to the bench if they don't move him or trade him. I can see a scenario where that happens. So I'm not sure that Cody being the center, starting center is something that we can necessarily rely on for the better part of the season. Um, do you have your training camp bingo card out by any chance, Nada? I do. Okay, perfect. Yes, we'll play some bingo. Uh, how about this comment? Do you have Cody Zeller's three-point shooting should increase this year? Is that anywhere on your bingo card? Oh, oh my God, that's B6. 
That's B6. <laughs> you can mark it off, huh? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. My card. I'm going to check that one off. And in fact, it might as well be the free space that we can expect every single season. You know, look, to be even the the tiniest bit fair, we did see Cody come out and take a few more per game last season. Fair. But at some point, we are just done with this. Like, Cody's not a three-point shooter, and I'm not going to fall for it at the beginning of the season. It's just hilarious. Cody Zeller's three-point shooting. It should increase this season. Um, that's okay. What about um, somebody adding a lot of muscle this offseason? Is there anybody? Can Do you have that? Jalen McDaniels adding 20%, um, excuse me, 20 pounds of muscle this season. Do you have that on your bingo card? Um, added good weight for an individual player. That that's G five Walker. Are you yes. looking at my bingo card? Yes. Market off free spaces and people gaining muscle. Yes. It's fantastic. We heard a couple of those comments, both good Jalen McDaniels. I actually like, but um, it doesn't matter with the bingo card. At least you were able to knock those uh, squares quite a bit um, or knock those off. One other thing real quickly, this doesn't have to be on your bingo card, but one other comment I wanted to get to PJ playing the five, but James Borrego added, He's going to be one of our best playmakers this season. So he's going to be tough to guard. He's going to be one of our best playmakers. Not a, it's, it's the thing I've talked about a lot. When you have PJ Washington at the five, you have Gordon Hayward and you have that backcourt of Devonte and LaMelo miles being the worst passer of anybody in the perceived starting lineup, but still that's going to be an excellent, excellent passing lineup. It's going to be fantastic. And I think that's one of the things I'm most excited about to see when PJ does play the five. So wait, hold on. You're more excited about that than the whole, again, we're going to be a pick and roll heavy lineup. Cause I saw well, that. That's a different comment. I was just talking about PJ at the five, but you're right. We, we can get to that. Um, let's talk about that in the next segment, but, but first, I do want to talk to you guys about Built Bar. As we often do, Built Bar has 18 amazing flavors, including six new flavors like cookies and cream, caramel brownie, and cherry barcia. The 12 original flavors are also really good. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, and they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. They're great for the keto diet. And not only do they make you look better, but it makes you feel better too. Use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com and get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Again, go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off of your next order. We'll take a quick. This is Locked On Hornets. You give me a new adjective. God, you're just messing this up. I, I, you know, I just I spend some time away from the show, and you're still the same old Walker. All right, yeah, give me a new adjective and give me a plural well, noun. I, well, I, I've already thought of my plural noun now that you mentioned it. How about, uh, well, I don't even know if this is plural. How about grape jelly? Does that work? Grape oh jelly is the noun I was going to get. A plural noun. This isn't hard. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. This year, he adds that LaMelo ball will play a big role in this and be surrounded by shooters. Quote, he's one of those players that can generate that kind of offense. He's a high-level decision maker. Now, not I know one of the big knocks on LaMelo was the shot selection, and there's some decision-making problems there too. But we do know that he can be a very good pick-and-roll player. It seems Borrego thinks the same thing. I know you were excited about that comment from the head coach. Well, who's not? Because, again, what was the strength of this team with Kemba Walker? It was high pick and roll. Cody, Kemba, and everything else would vibe off of that. 
if you can get, I'm not saying you're going to get Kem, prime Kemba Walker with LaMelo Ball. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is we have a six, seven guard that knows what to do in the pick and roll, doesn't need to really be coached up on it. And the pieces are, for the most part, the same. What's not to be excited about, especially when you know that this guy can get to the rim at any chance, any point he wants. I'm excited. Get excited, Walker. Why aren't you excited? No, I am. Why don't accuse me of that? I just told you. I looked at those videos on Twitter and I fell. Uh, I fell for him like a sucker, man. Because I sizzle saw sizzle real <laughs> season, baby. Sizzle <laughs> real season. I saw those passes from Lamelo Ball, and I thought they were legitimately good. I, I thought the first one they showed, where it's Lamelo, I think using his right hand bounce pass to a cutting PJ Washington. Um, and Miles Bridges, you know, PJ one catching Miles sleeping. I, I believe this was the video clip and how it looked, mm-hmm. but Miles just not being able to catch up. It was a great pass, and Lamelo put some spice on it. The behind the back pass, I think it was the last two assists that he had were to Grant Riller, I believe, mm-hmm. is who those last two assists went to. So that's kind of cool. But just to see Lamelo, the behind the back pass, and then in transition hit Grant Riller late, kind of lull the defense to sleep and make him commit a little bit more. Um, and look, I mean, LaMelo is going to be fun, man. I mean, he really is. There are going to be decisions that he makes where maybe he tries to do something a little too much and it's going to make you want to pull your hair out. Like that's just the life of a rookie. That's what rookie basketball players will make you do every once in a while. But there are going to be a lot of really fun moments. And I think that's going to be something very much so um, worth getting excited for. And we saw some of those videos that the Hornets released. And so, you know, look, I'm not saying you take stock into that, that we're going to see that every single night, but it was pretty awesome to see a few of those passes incorporated with their Twitter. Yes. So again, here's the thing for the first time since you could make a case since LJ that this team has a guy that is highlight package worthy from day one, someone that you have to pay attention to. And I, I, quite honestly, I'm just really, really, really excited to see what this team looks like, especially if we're not, again, remember something we were talking about the big bingo card earlier. Like this is, this was my I-42 where they were talking about playing more up-tempo. Like this was I-42 for me where they're talking about playing more up-tempo. Now if they fulfill that one, like, and we then we're really cooking with gas, Walker. And then if we're cooking with gas, then we may be excited about like a 10 seed and then getting blown out in those 10 seed games. But here again, we got there. That would be very, very the, cool. Yeah. yeah no, it, it would be. No, and I'd love to see that the pace um it, it improves because it was dead last last season. And look, we've heard James Brego talk about this, and then they finished so low into the, the standings the personnel is going to allow them to be a little bit more quick this season, especially with LaMelo. I mean, he himself should improve the pace of the team, especially when you have a guy like Devonte out there as well. So hopefully all that works real quickly from those videos, something else I wanted to point out. I don't think most people are talking about it. You know, I do think PJ Washington looks a little bit more lean and, and, and watching him in some of those videos, you know, it, it, he doesn't look as stocky. And I think that was one of the things we wanted to see from PJ, not just his playmaking facilitating wise, because I think most people give him credit for being a pretty good passer as a big guy, power forward, you know, you know, whatever position you would call him there. But we also wanted to see him work on his handle a little bit, 
not necessarily create his shot where he's, you know, giving you step back threes, but just be able to put the ball on the deck and create for himself a little bit more defensively. I think we saw him rise and we even saw him go for a couple of dunks. I, I like the body I see from PJ Washington. I think he got leaner, but it doesn't mean that he sacrificed all of his strength. It, he does look like a pretty thick basketball player with a couple of C's. I will say he looks a little bit leaner, not Sir, you have just filled out my bingo card. I can call bingo right now. Thank you so much. Well, there we go. Wins the day. He's got bingo. Bingo. Final segment real quickly. I want to tell you guys what else is coming up this week on Locked On Hornets. Uh, We'll continue to talk about all of the comments that um, come out via the uh, uh, media availability from everybody that's, um, you know, speaking, whether it's James Borrego frequently, whether it's the rookies, LaMelo Ball, we'll keep you up to date on all of that. And we'll talk a little bit more about the schedule. In fact, we'll do that next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I'm, I'm a little, I listen, hold on. I, now see. Uh, the, I, we couldn't just blow by that one. Well, you had because this is what frustrates me. You know, I'm uh, under the weather. You know I'm not at 100% right now, and you're you're just taking it to me. You're like one of these people that knew Nick Batum had a hand injury, and they were just slapping his hand because it's like we're gonna get, we're gonna knock this guy's hand because we know he's injured, and that's what you're doing to me right now. But I just want to say, Sam, if you're listening, you're more than a numbers guy. You have heart, you have soul, you have agency. You are a person. Love you, Sam. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. The wait is almost over. The 2020-2021 NBA season is almost here, and the Locked On NBA podcast will get you ready with a special week of shows beginning December 14th, and you can get previews of every team, division by division, from all 30 of our Locked On local experts, including us, plus waiver wire editions from Locked On Fantasy Basketball, rookies to watch from Chad Ford, and predictions on each division from rejecting the screen. You can subscribe to Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcast. I just submitted the NBA Hornets, uh, the Hornets preview for the Locked On NBA show. So um, got some good things in there. If you, um, you know, if you're interested in, in listening to all of those teams, I just sent mine in for the Charlotte Hornets. So that'll be a good one. Again, make sure you're paying attention to all of the content that the Locked On Podcast Network is releasing. Not that we said that we would get to this this week. We'll get to it today. We did see the NBA schedule released. It's the first half for every single one of these teams. Charlotte Hornets, no different. We talked already about what the first couple of games were going to be for the Charlotte Hornets. It'll be on the road against Cleveland, December 23rd, with Mm -hmm. a tip at 7 p.m. That is when the Hornets will make their debut for the 2020-21 season. Then you mentioned Oklahoma City being that second game three days later, Saturday, December 26th. So OKC tip at 7 there as well. Another home game. Uh, Brooklyn the next day. It'll be a back-to-back against Brooklyn. They'll be tipping off at 7 o'clock. When you look at this schedule, Nada, um, I think the first thing that I notice just right off the rip, if I'm going in chronological order, they have a four-game road trip where two games are going to be held against Philadelphia on the road in Philadelphia, January 2nd and January 4th on the road against Atlanta on the road against new Orleans. So right out of the gate, basically they do have a road trip. will be interesting to see how a young team responds there. Their longest homestead is going to be right after that. They have three leading up to January 13th. That includes Atlanta and New York, Dallas, looking for another long homestead. Once you get to February 3rd, you've got Philadelphia, Utah, Portland, Houston, all at home. 
Um, everything else I see, that, you know, you, you look at the the actually, you know, when you keep going down, perhaps mm-hmm. this is the most notable thing. Is that what you're paying attention to, Nada? So you see February 12th through February 22nd, or excuse me, February 12th through February 20th, they'll have a five-game homestand. Minnesota, San Antonio, Chicago, Denver, and Golden State. One, two, three, four, five. And then immediately after that, they've got a six-game road trip. Utah, Phoenix, Golden State, Sacramento, Portland, Minnesota. Now, what you're seeing here is the fact that you have COVID rules and COVID protocols in place. When you're traveling out west, there's not going to be any of this flying back and forth where maybe we'll just catch these other west teams the next time around. No, we see these west trips. We see these west trips anyway, right? But six in a row like that, that's a lot of at symbols that you see at the end of the first half of the schedule, Nada. I know I just ran down it. Hopefully the eyes didn't gloss over as I was reading that. What were some of the things that you took notice of? There Again, after the first two games, that this gets difficult. Like the first two games, I think they're going to win or at the minimum split. But after that, like you said, it goes Nets, Mavs, Grizzlies, Sixers twice. Again, the Hawks twice in there. The Pelicans for their one national game on the 8th. Like, this gets ridiculous. So this is, like, I get why. And and we talked about why do you start Cody in those situations. And when you look at the schedule, it kind of explains it. Because you're going to need to put your best foot forward to teach these kids how to play as you're going. So... When you have these so when you're doing this, when you're setting everything up for training camp, and obviously you can only plan for so much because we're in the era of COVID, but at the same time, you've got got to plan for it. This is going to be your most difficult stretch of the season is to start this off, especially after the first two games. So there are going to be a lot of losses early, but that back half of the schedule is what I'm really looking forward to seeing because that back half might be something that we all – remember or that may be the thing that we take from this season no matter what this the beginning of the season this is brutal and this is again i don't see how they remain 10th amongst the schedule so you look at the first two games those are going to be against teams that aren't playoff teams cleveland and oklahoma city depending on how you view memphis they'll play them January 1st. If you view Memphis as a team that is on the rise and going to make the postseason, then the next game they would have against a most likely non-playoff team would be against New York. And that would be January 11th. The next one after that would probably be Chicago, depending how you feel about Washington with Russell Westbrook and, uh, and Bradley Beal on the same team. But then when you get to Chicago, January 22nd, you've got Orlando a couple of times on the road. And so that would be a three-game stretch that are certainly winnable for the Charlotte Hornets. And it starts to maybe get a little bit more fair. But um, man, then you're talking about some even, you know, a little bit more of a rough stretch right after that. Yeah, Nada. And and perhaps some of this is just looking at the Hornets compared to these other teams and us kind of subconsciously thinking the Hornets aren't that good, but yeah, like this is a schedule that does have a decent amount of tough opponents, at least in the first half of the year. That's the thing. I just look at the schedule and I'm kind of like, thank the only thing that bugs me about this is unfortunately we can't have fans in the building because there's a lot of these games that I would love to see the fans in here for, because you're talking about the Warriors fans that always come out for Steph Curry being here. The again, the Damian Lillard fans, which are slowly under slightly underrated group, 
Um, Valentine's Day f- against the uh, Spurs. And I think we've talked about this before. But the Spurs <laughs> fans are fun because they come out, man. They they come out no matter what, no matter how good or how bad that team is. They come out and they show out. And there are a lot of low-key Spurs fans in Charlotte, man. And those are generally like, that's my goal for what I would love to see this fan base be at some point is be like the Spurs. It's just a whole bunch of folks, different like backgrounds, different, different ages, diff, different ethnicities, just coming together to, to worship the rock, the rock, man. And when I talk about the rock, um, I mean the basketball. Um, yeah. And, and also, you know, it, I hope we become the Spurs one day too and win five championships That'd in two cool decades. Too. That yeah, would be fantastic. <laughs> that would be great. And also where I thought you were going to go with that was the fact that the Spurs are playing in Charlotte on Valentine's day. And that just so happens to line up with someone that I would like to give my rose to and Devin Vassell. So maybe I can see him in person oh, no. if fans and media are allowed in the Let arena. it go. Devin How Vassell, dare you expect a rose that rap. Don Hornets. Thanks again to Built Bar for supporting the show and you guys as always. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA, Hollinger and Duncan, really any show on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.